If you stop and think about everything happening here in the good old U.S. of A., you might just believe there are only two sides to every story. Actually, there are many more sides. At last count, there were over 327 million sides to our American story. On this program, we'll take a look at different stories from a different point of view. Mine. Hopefully, after listening, absorbing, and actually thinking about what you hear, it will all become your point of view as well. I'm Steve, and I'm telling it like it is. This is why sometimes the truth hurts. Let me attempt to clear up a few misunderstandings about the reality of power and COVID-19. In response to the September 11, 2001 attacks in New York, the World Trade Center, if you recall, Congress and President George Bush moved to consolidate multiple federal emergency plans into a single unified response plan. The National Incident Management Plan came out in 2003, followed by a National Response Plan in 2005. Now, that was the result of the National Response Framework, which was mandated by the Homeland Security Act of 2002 and the Homeland Security Presidential Directive No. 5. That was completed in January 2005 and then revised again after Hurricane Katrina proved that there was still room for improvement. The National Response Framework is not a line-by-line management and supply program. It's not something designed to tell which warehouse should stock what, which community should have what items. It is basically a process guided by five principles. First principle is roles and responsibilities. It clearly spells out who is responsible for what. It articulates the responsibilities of federal, state, and local governments and nonprofit and private sector facilities. And finally, the responsibilities of individual households to plan for, to prepare for, to stock up for, and to be able to respond to disasters of all types. Secondly, it describes the three phases of the effective response to disaster. Number one, prepare. Number two, respond. And number three, recover. It spells out which parties have which responsibilities in each of the three phases. Third platform is the response organization, identifying the hierarchy of response at the different levels of depth described in one and two above. Fourth step is planning. This part of the framework describes how each entity should plan for the future events as it prepares and pertains to preparedness. Finally, number five is additional resources, which spell out policies and procedures for response to different potential disaster scenarios, one of which is, ironically, pandemic outbreak. To blame the current administration for not having 370 million masks available each day for each American, and to not have 370 million COVID-19 test kits produced, stockpiled, and distributed each day for each American, and to not have 370 million ventilators waiting just in case every American needed to be intubated, ready and waiting on day one, goes against the National Response Plan and everything that the individual governors should have been doing all along. 
It is ludicrous to believe that we discovered a virus in China on December 30th, 2019, and by mid-January we had three cases in the United States, and magically we were supposed to have already developed, produced, and provided tests for this previously unknown virus in less than 30 days. Yet the news media and opposition political party would have you believe just that. In addition, the media overhyped the need for ventilators to the point that the president was bullied into implementing the Presidential Production Act, forcing companies like Ford and GE to abandon production of their core products in favor of producing ventilators, ventilators that were in fact not in short supply and are actually now in surplus. The one state that is the most chuckling of all was New York, who said they needed tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of ventilators, and then only a week later said, no, we got enough, Uh, you guys need some? We can loan them to you. Anyway, just thought I'd clear that up for you. The responsibility for handling disasters first occurs at home. That's why everyone should have a fire extinguisher and a first aid kit. And you should always have hand sanitizer and soap around your home. Secondly, your local government should be ready to respond to disaster. After that, it is the state's responsibility and the individual governor of each state's responsibility to prepare for, to plan for, and to stock up for potential disaster events that will occur in their individual states. This is why you don't expect the governor of Florida to have 4,000 snow plows and mountains of salt waiting for that blizzard that may never come. Conversely, you don't expect someone in Michigan to have, for example, a large water supply tanker in case of a severe drought. There's just too much water up there. There's always a benefit to stirring the pot, a benefit to all sides. One benefit is that you might just learn something. Another benefit is, eh, I might learn something too. The agitators, those who carry the big spoons for pot stirring, are the ones most likely to benefit the most. Follow the money. You see, some people make their living and get their continual rotating 15 minutes of fame by constantly and continuously stirring the pot. In this series, I give you my opinion. I apologize if my opinion offends you, but it is my opinion, therefore I retract nothing. It's up to you to either agree or to disagree. But remember, one way or the other, the truth hurts.